Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Greetings and welcome in Monday morning, February 21st, 2022. It is 609. It is 31 degrees in the capital city. We got one more nice one before the cold blast for a few days comes in. The frankly, a, a pretty much seasonal cold blast. But, Give you uh, a cold blast. Yeah. Well, we got we got three four days of that before we get back up into the uh, into the nice stuff. At least we could get some moisture with it. Come on. If we, what am I doing here? Am I cheering for snow? I think I, I think I might be at least uh, <laughs> at least a little bit. Although it'll be long gone uh, by uh, Sunday and and Monday and Tuesday of next week. But it, nonetheless, it starts to. No, it'll all end up in Kansas with these Northwest winds. Holy cow! Oh yeah, that there that's gonna be that's gonna be the challenge about this entire thing, Mark. I mean, is there a shot of getting some precipitation with the, in these next it's few very, days, Mark? Very, very. very Jeez, I mean, if we're gonna have seventeen and gusting winds uh, for a high, then it might might as well get a little of the the much needed moisture with it. But sounds like that probably isn't in the cards real significantly. So uh, anyway, I hope everybody had a good weekend. Uh, holy cow. A, a lot happened since we last left you on oh. Friday morning. When we last left you on Friday morning, let's be honest, I was a little out of control with our <laughs> first ever live at the wire finish of the Munch Madness bracket. Wow. And that is how we ended the show on Friday. It was, uh, I had, I had a lot of fun doing that. I, well, to listen back to the podcast a couple times just to be like, okay, who did get in? <laughs> who, who did you officially declare? Yaya's, I think, got in at the very end. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh. But nonetheless, uh, thank you for everyone being a part of uh, Munch Badness Selection Friday, brought to you by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. We had a lot of fun. I know it's a little bit of a, a change from the normal show, and that's always a little risky to do, but it, we found it's the best way to put this bracket together and, and have some fun with with the whole thing. And so with that said, today is the day at 710. This is also I think a first for much madness, Kayla Mark and Mark where we are uh, we are actually going to debut instead of normally what happens is we have selection Friday and then once we're finished we post the bracket. We are going uh-huh. to do doing it different do this the year. live. Yep, we're going to do the live on air reveal um like the uh i mean i guess it's kind of like the selection show but well and, and i have each of the regions um ready to go as soon as we discuss a region that'll go to social media as well there you go it, so it's, you can follow it's full along. munch madness march madness you can, you can follow along and, and and just one quick explainer and you can go to my twitter feed <laughs> if you want the full jack mitchell trademark uh, eight tweet explainer on something <laughs> But the seedings, the seedings as they come out are not a representation of who I think should win or who I think is better. I do it based on perceived strength, and that is a subjective measure, but perceived strength in the field. What does that go to? Name recognition, longevity, uh, just kind of... How about you, quality of food? You, no, it, not that. Oh, okay. You, you, ubiquitousness. It's just in terms of sort of the perceived strength. I mean, the quality of food feeds into those things, but I'm not making my own assessment on the, gotcha. the quality of food. So, um, you know, the one the names that everybody talks about, that everybody knows about, are going to be higher seated. And then the ones that have been successful in the bracket before are going to get a little bump in the seating as well. But guess what? Like, I, spoiler alert, 
I want to see some David versus Goliath upsets in this thing. That's part of the fun of that, and that's a little bit what we're we are setting up here with this whole thing. So I know people get very bent out of shape about the seedings. That that's how they're done. That's why they're done exactly like that. So don't get too much too wrapped in it. Just just uh, have fun with the whole thing. Uh, pick some places to eat, whether they win or get eliminated in the first round. And then also be listening tomorrow at 810 because we have a, another special announcement about Munch Madness. We are uh, adding in something I think that is going to be really helpful to the community and really helpful to a Munch Madness restaurant that probably is not a winner, may not even win one one game, one uh, matchup in the Munch Madness brackets. We'll tell you more about the details on that. But first, it was a busy Mark and Caleb weekend oh. of news. I guess we start from the beginning. Right, and let's just go chronological through this I, whole I thing. I guess so. Late Friday afternoon. Well, let's step uh, to late Friday morning. Okay, we'll go to late Friday morning first. DHM what was lifted. The DHM was lifted. Friday morning, and I am loathe you guys to pat myself on the back or tell people when I said something that ended up coming to fruition, but I guess I'll just have to do it here, and the mask mandate ends. Uh, I actually didn't even know they would, they would do it that fast. They, they, they chopped a week off of it, Mark. A full week, yeah. Holy cow. They were in a hurry to get rid of that thing. Yep. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some cynical uh, comments around the social media that I saw, but that's all right. You know, the uh, mask mandate lifted, and now we're back with the rest of the world. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I enjoyed not having to think about although I still have not gotten myself over the uh three steps from the car at the grocery store <laughs> yeah. or anywhere and be like oh no i forgot wait i don't have to <laughs> but as you can see time. habit you still caught. have yours uh, i still got my i know i took all i i was emptying you know the thing you do at the end of the day at least i think men do this a lot of time where you empty out all your pockets that you're wearing and i i got about 87 cents in change i got some crumped crumpled up dollar bill i got like five receipts i got uh i got my swiss army knife i got my keys i got all these things and then you i had hanky? about the, i don't have a hanky i don't have a comb? hanky how about a comb i don't have a comb either right it's not 1983 but you're combing your hair gel and but then i had about i had my cloth mat that, that black cloth mask that you gave me mark i yeah. use that a lot uh and then about two other disposable masks <laughs> i had taken all those out and i was like so do i get rid of these <laughs> do i do it and there's still i still i couldn't quite i couldn't quite pull the trigger yet yeah. but um, but that was the first thing that has, uh, went at yes. eleven thirty Friday morning, and then shortly thereafter, LPS makes an announcement yes, that they, saying that they are going optional. So there's no school today, but when kids go back to school on Tuesday for the first time, I mean, that's the first time, right? Since this whole thing began, uh, you know, they went remote for the remainder of of 2020 and finished out school um, that way, mostly. For LPS, at least. But this is the first time since, yeah, the, the what, February of 2020, March of 2020, that you're going to have kids in school and they don't have to be wearing masks if this, they want to. This was the first game I'd gone to in over a year without walking into the arena wearing a mask. At the women's the Yeah, women's the women's game, game yep. on Sunday. Me too. Yep, I, I was uh, I was there too. So, yeah, that's significant. And we're, we're you know, we get into our our first full week with that during a school year starting today of course there was that little break that you had with this a couple of times we what the third the third stoppage of it for the time being but nonetheless um 
And then now can we move to later on Friday? Gee, we're like sure. we're like we're like to eleven AM now <laughs> yeah. on Friday. And we've got we've got five minutes left in the segment here at this point. Uh and then the uh groany stuff happens with the legislature, as you all are probably aware of now, because it made Big news on Friday, eventually leading to State Senator Mike Groney submitting his resignation Friday afternoon. Uh, he had just after just previously denied accusations that he took sexually inappropriate photographs of a female legislative aide. Um, his quote was, I'm not going to drag, this is the Nebraska Examiner, I'm not going to drag my wife, family, friends uh, through the fight it would take to defend myself. I am resigning and dropping out of politics completely. Life is new sh- too short. That also means he is dropping his run for the regent's position that had been announced, what, 36 hours earlier, 48 like hours that, earlier? Yeah, Tuesday. Just, uh, yeah, I guess 72 hours earlier before before that whole thing yeah. story uh, was broke by the uh, the new nebraska sunrise news uh, reporter uh, brandon benson uh, had gotten that and uh, they broke it then early friday afternoon yeah uh, a workplace harassment complaint had been lodged against uh Groney at that point and the report from the sunrise news like you said um this staffer who had worked on and off for Groney for for time lodged this complaint that basically found photos of herself on the laptop computer um and according to the age she said the pictures appear to have been taken by groni and then emailed from him to other parties with email captions of a sexual nature she said they were objectifying and demeaning zoom close-ups of provocative body parts with explicit subject lines uh groni said it afterwards he apologized he said if in today's world if you want to take a picture of someone you should say i'm taking a picture but i didn't and i apologized for it um is that a recent development to let someone know if you're taking a picture of them and you're not a photographer i don't know i don't know he uh, he he continued to say she's kind of a straight-laced person and i guess i did something i shouldn't have i am keeping my part of the bargain um he, he, he said as well but he, apparently he knew according to the uh brask examiner article he, he said three or four weeks ago he was informed that she was offended after discovering the photographs he apologized at that time but then she made the report and to the legislative committee and uh, shortly after that is when Grony actually retired or resigned i should say from this whole thing so um so i uh, he and and you know he was coming up to to the end of his term anyway so we'll be interesting to see exactly what happens in the aftermath yeah. of that with that seat I had one I uh, spoke uh, briefly with one state senator Friday uh, late Friday and the uh, comment was it's a sad day for the legislature. Mm. So uh so we had that um and then we have was it still Friday? I'm still trying to figure out when the the women's basketball story That was broke. Saturday. That was Saturday. So late Saturday morning we get a news release comes out from Nebraska Athletics That's saying Saturday. that Associate head coach Chuck Love had been placed on uh, suspension, effective immediately with pay, and that it was due to uh, personnel issues, not personal issues, personnel, meaning people, um, and that there'd be no further comment at this time. Well, then we get the email that comes out, usually about the day or two days before a game, is here's the media release, here's what the next game is, here's all the notes, and then you look at the roster and go, somebody's missing. Mm-hmm. So you go look at Huskers.com and you go, that person's not on there either. So a number of folks, the first one I saw was Sam McEwen, Omaha World Herald, um, 
reached out to Nebraska and said, hey, why isn't Ashley Scoggin listed on the roster? And it's Ashley Scoggin had been removed from the Nebraska roster. No no other details than that. Um, there are a lot of folks trying to connect dots, and um, we found out from Amy Williams yesterday that she can't speak on if the if the two um, removals from the suspension and the removal from the roster are related. We might find out a little bit more on that later this week. Uh, but man, did that bring up a lot of news on a Saturday? Mm-hmm. And then the team went and won by twenty three yesterday. Yeah, it looked great. Yeah, it looked, 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 looked fantastic. About as well, they've looked good a lot of times this year. But they looked up at the mm-hmm. points that they've they've looked the uh, the best this year. Uh, I saw that in person. So yeah, and that leaves obviously a vacuum for a lot of speculation. But you know, uh, how much does the university say? How much should they say? How much can they say mm-hmm. about any of this? But it's kind of a rock and a hard place because speculation is going to go wild mm-hmm. in this kind of a situation. Yeah. And, and Williams, Whether it's right or wrong. I William mean, I said yesterday, uh, well, she couldn't say whose decision it was to remove Scoggin from the roster, um, but that the the player is, although she's not on the roster anymore, she still is receiving support from the athletic department. Okay. So that, that And that's as much as we know. For, yeah. for, every, for everyone who keeps reaching out saying, hey, what do you guys know? That's as much as we know. We're giving you all of the information. Um, all of it's at KLIN.com and what we write up. Yeah. And this doesn't seem like a, a good situation to be speculating on what, what could have happened when you don't really know. So. No, and I, I think all of us, for especially for better, learned a, a lesson a couple of years ago. Remember all of the... Was, was it... Uh, what was the name of the volleyball player who ended up transferring away? Oh, yes. Um... Yes, Capri. Uh, Capri yeah, Capri uh, Davis. Yes, um, there were a lot of rumors that surrounded all of that. Ru- rumors aren't helping anybody. Yeah. As soon as we know anything for certain, right, all of that will help put out there. Yep. So we had that. We had a nearly seventy degree day yesterday outside, uh, which was fantastic. Cooling off a little bit today, and like I said, uh, about a three to four cold snap, but. Pretty seasonal cold snap, but a cold snap nonetheless coming through and there for is, a few days. There is a rumor here in the newsroom I'll, I'll tell you about. Next year on the uh, Munch Madness Selection Show, we're going to have medical personnel with a fast-acting Valium ready to inject you. Okay, right afterwards, just knock me out immediately. No, after. no just to slow you down a little. <laughs> Sounds good. It's just a rumor. Uh, just a rumor. That's good. We don't, we don't speculate on those sorts Plenty of things. Plenty of smelling salts. All right, Olympics are over, plus we'll have more on this Russia-Ukraine thing. Who knows what's going to happen with that <laughs> this week, too. 624, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Foster. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 637. Hey, you know what this is? Super annoying. Rush Limbaugh used to do it. Paper in the Super microphone. Super duper annoying. Is it? Well, that sound you heard, that is the, <laughs> that is the Munch Madness 13, brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union Bracket. It is a thing. It is in my hand, and we will publicly release it for the first time at 710 And now today. it's like crumpled and creased. Every, why would right, you, you can, why don't you do sorry, that? Still available. Just rude. It'll be available online. You don't have to. Although, the one that I have... 
This one has uh, which the new feature that we added last year, which I love, which is the check mark boxes. Yes. So you can check the ones that you've been to. Either, We've already either, been talking. E- either in your life or dirt. Mo- most importantly, I think there should be a side contest for whoever can hit as many of these over the course of the next right. what, six weeks, six weeks or so. If you, I want somebody to hit all sixty-four. Because we had early access to the bracket, right. we've already been looking at it going, hey, where do we want to go to eat? Right. Uh, yeah, and I actually hit one of them for the first time on Friday. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to ruin anything in the bracket by telling you. I went to a Boxcar Barbecue yeah. for the first time. I think a picture ended up on social media of it. I hit one last Thursday for one that I in- expected would be in the field. They are. And I had a drink all by myself because their owner wasn't there. Are you going to tell us which one it was? I will not. Okay. Well, I think they won it last year, so. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> I'm, I don't think that's very verifiable. <laughs> I think that actually that actually happened. All right. So that's coming up in a, a half hour. So be listening to figure out. You, you, sh- you can find out who made the field. We announced that on Friday and put that out on social media. But if you, uh, you want to hear who your favorites are matched up against, where they got seated, uh, we will unveil all of that coming up at 710. But now we need... To get into the sound off, because guys, we are still on the precipice, I think, of a major war in Europe. Who knows at this point? I I, I mean, it. The Olympics been, are done. Are they going to do this? Yeah, that's true. So much of that talk about it going to happen during the Olympics. The Olympics are over, and you continue to hear from, you know, from United States, other, I mean, and even, even other nato countries that this is imminent that this is going to happen uh, outside of some level of you know shelling and those sorts of things that hasn't escalated much beyond that it has not yet but more comments over the course of the last 24 hours that indicate the expectation is still that Russia will invade, and this will turn into something fairly major. Fox News has confirmed that the U.S. has intelligence indicating Russian commanders have their orders to invade Ukraine. Plans are apparently in the works laying out logistics to the Russian troops staged at Ukraine's border. President Biden met with his National Security Council Sunday to discuss the situation. He also conducted a call with French President Emmanuel Macron. The White House released no details of either meeting. The president, who was to travel to Delaware Sunday, is remaining at the White House as the Ukraine situation develops and changes. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Beyond all of the obvious and and very serious geopolitical ramifications of whatever happens with this whole thing, a side question that I, I kind of have, how do you think... They when when they get this intelligence, you know, what was reported there by Fox, who obviously had United States sources talking to them. How are they finding out where is that coming from in terms of the Russian strategic operations that are going on right now? Where is that? Where is that kind of counterintelligence mm-hmm. coming from? It's a it's a that's a little bit of a fascinating question to me for this entire thing. But. Uh, of course, the, the the major issue is if if this does actually happen, how large of a of a conflict is this going to turn into uh, really across the, the continent? And, and frankly, to be honest, when it comes to some of the cyber capabilities now that weren't there, obviously weren't a thing when you had major world conflict conflicts in the last 
oh, you know, 100 plus years, it may have something that even has firmer, further ramifications across the entire world. And, you know, I don't say that to necessarily be a, a fear monger or, or anything like this, but boy, you look at the rhetoric this is, and, and this isn't even something that is, is particularly partisan from, from a political sense, but the rhetoric from people who are in the know about this, about what this would mean for the world, what this would mean for this type of a conflict, they are not, they're not mincing words about this for the most part. Can it still be avoided? Well, the Biden administration says, hey, listen, we'll talk uh, if you're not going to invade, but we need to know that that is actually the case. Press Secretary Jen Psaki is confirming President Biden's willing to meet in principle with Russia's Vladimir Putin, saying diplomacy will be pursued until the moment an invasion begins. But the top diplomats from the U.S. and Russia, Secretary of State Blinken and Foreign Minister Lavrov, will give talks a go first this week, provided Russia doesn't attack. However, in a statement late Sunday night, Saki said currently Russia appears to be continuing preparations for a full-scale assault on Ukraine very soon. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. So even late last night, that was still what was coming from um, the the Biden administration there now th- there is this you know there's the th- this thought I think there is this hope th- among NATO countries that there's still a potential to sanction the crap for la- lack of a better term out of out of Russia to disincentivize them from going forward H- has that worked enough in the past is there more that you can do what is it actually going to mean if those sanctions actually take place, what will the impact be on Russia if they go forward that they've got a way out, that Putin's got a way out with this whole thing? Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says American troops will not engage Russian forces directly in an invasion. Sanctions yet to be imposed will be the response. On ABC's This Week, Austin said the severity of those will be felt. It may not affect Mr. Putin uh, to the degree that it's going to affect the average Russian. And, you know, the decisions that he's making now will will bring about a lot of pain and suffering. Austin was not specific, but it's thought that targeting Russian banking may have the biggest effects on the country. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. But but keep in mind, and boy, you, you hope something like that works and has impact. But keep in mind, has it been successful in the past with Russia? They have basically been trying to make themselves sanction-proof for years. And they are now sitting on, according to reports, a cash reserve of $597 billion. That was as of a year ago. Um, actually, they ended 2021. I've got the newer number here at what what is reported at $630.5 billion. To give you an account, uh, an idea of that, at, in twenty, the beginning of twenty twenty one, that accounted for thirty eight percent of the GDP, and is the fourth largest cash reserve in the entire world. Okay, so they've they're trying to make themselves. They, there's been a vision here for being sanction proof with this whole thing, and so that's one of the, you know. That is one of the potential reasons why the sanctions aren't going to be as impactful in 
persuading Russia to do something other than its leadership wants to do going forward. So, of course, this is going to continue to be a huge story this week. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't tell you what's happened at this point. I can just tell you what people what people are saying at right. this point um, and, and pass that on. Um, all right. What else is going on? Let, let's uh, see this. Did you hear about uh, this uh, Jean-Luc Brunel? He's a Epstein associate, and he was in prison in France. Oh, okay. You think you know how this one ended? Oh. You're probably right. French prosecutors believe Brunel was involved in providing hundreds of women and girls to Epstein through the modeling agencies he managed over the years. His sudden death is eerily similar to that of Jeffrey Epstein. Both men were accused of multiple sex crimes and both were not on suicide watch when they were found dead in their prison cells. Epstein's body was discovered in August of 2019. A medical examiner ruled his death a suicide by hanging. Epstein's longtime companion, Galene Maxwell, who was convicted of sex abuse crimes in December, is serving time at a federal prison in New York. Now, she actually got to her trial um, as opposed to, to Epstein in this case. And so you wonder, okay, what exactly is going on? Is is this something that they're concerned about there? Well, the the posture of that one is a little bit different with her because like i said the testimony's already been adduced at trial Mm -hmm. for uh for her but boy (laughs) and once again i'll say this (laughs) real helpful for your morning radio host to say this a whole bunch of different times (laughs) but i don't know what's going on there but it's something patterns it's something (sighs) all right boy what else do we have at this This point super Uh, fun this oh man i got two more that aren't real great too cool Queen of England, yeah, has COVID, and um, yeah, you know, so she's at an age, regardless of how severe or not severe the the current strain of COVID has been. When you've got somebody who's ninety five years old, yeah. that's a that's a pretty big deal. God save the Queen, literally. Britain's Queen Elizabeth II has come down with COVID nineteen. Her Majesty testing positive for the virus on Sunday. The ninety five year old monarch is said to be experiencing mild cold like symptoms. But with a typical stiff upper lip, she plans to keep on working. Buckingham Palace says Her Majesty will continue to receive light medical attention while attending to light duties at Windsor Castle. There's a bit of COVID going around the royal family lately. Both her son and heir, Prince Charles, who's 73, and his wife, 74-year-old Camilla, contracted coronavirus earlier this month. Kevin Uretsky. Fox News. All right. Well, hopefully she is able to. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she's determined to uh, to beat this thing. Only light medical attention, but still doing some light what, what, work. Yeah. What, what's the what's the light work versus? Uh, yeah. Uh, what kind uh, of heavy work is the queen yeah. doing at this point at age ninety five? <laughs> That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> queen, the the plumbing over there in bathroom number thirty eight <laughs> at Buckingham Palace isn't working too good. You mind? Uh... Yeah, it's all about <laughs> Uh, oh, in country. All right, let's. Okay, I'm taking out the other depressing okay, one. We're doing you. something. This, oh, yeah, this is this is just really interesting. They discovered a new galaxy. Oh, you yeah? know what blows my mind more than anything is thinking about space. Uh, I will yes. sit down when you start to like think of 
the breadth of space and galaxies and what the ends are or are there ends and what is going on here my mind gets close to exploding and i have to stop Uh, same yeah well this is going to do it too leiden university in the netherlands releasing a statement with the findings astronomers discovering the giant radio galaxy three billion light years from earth it is roughly 16.3 million light years long, more than 100 times larger than the Milky Way. Researchers have no idea how the galaxy grew so large and are hoping it will provide new information about the structure of our universe, also known as the cosmic web. The journal Astronomy and Astrophysics will publish the findings. Laura Cantor, Fox News. Just thinking of like the human mind cannot compre- comprehend how I mean, big space you is. ever see one of those pictures where they go to earth and then they back up then they back up and they say how many miles it is and then yeah. you start to see it and a then few they more like planets and then it's just like a little thing of light and then that little thing of light is like one one thousandth of the bigger thing of light of galaxy and now this galaxy is a hundred times bigger than that one yeah yeah, my mind can, my and mind then, hurts, and, and and you'll appreciate this as someone who who grew up in in a like a, a faith based home, grew mm-hmm. up in the church. When you start to think about all of the religion, and then you think about all the space, I'm like, my mind can't comprehend <laughs> this, and I don't think I'm supposed to. I don't think I'm supposed to get how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. Oh man, I gotta take a. <laughs> Gotta take a mental break here too. Um, Man, those brownies are kicking in. Holy cow! How about oh, how about this? You got an AT and T phone with three G service. Well, congratulations on have two on having two thousand four's oh, best geez. phone number one. Uh, At three G, you guys, you have got the. You have to because none of the five G apparently covers Nebraska on all the T Mobile. That's true. Maps. You have the best phone of the uh, Bush administration. So, congrats on that. No, but actually. AT&T is shutting off the old 3D spigot. 3G wireless was all the rage when it debuted nearly 20 years ago. It was really the first widely adopted high-speed mobile broadband standard that allowed data fast enough for streaming and better quality voice calls. That, in turn, led to the explosion of the smartphone market and a surge in the use of text messaging. And now 3G is going offline. Most likely, your device that you have now are on 4G or 5G networks anyway. AT&T will turn their network off Tuesday to make electromagnetic space for more 5G uses and beyond. Eben Brown, Fox News. Do you remember paying by the text? Oh. Pay, like It's like, you have I, 200 texts this I month. Remember call- I will do that in a day. I remember calling my then fiancé and waiting until had to wait until 8 o'clock p.m. because you got, it didn't count, we had free nights and weekends. <laughs> yes, you had to wait until it reached a You had to wait until 8 time. o'clock. And I remember pressing star four every time to see how many minutes left that I had in the, oh, uh, checking your checking minutes. Checking my minutes oh. that I had left in a month. Yep, and then I remember right about that time, see the first, the first smartphones everybody had those, um, the the not everybody but the ones that I I knew people had the Palm Pilot mm-hmm. Palm ones with the stylus yeah. that they would use those were kind of the back in that 2005ish 2006 range that yeah. people were starting to have these but but yeah like you said though you know if you have if you have T-Mobile it's kind of like uh 3G service ending every day for you <laughs> supposedly we're Holy on that line cow. I drove, man. I drove up to Norfolk this weekend for a basketball oh, nope, that's, game. That's dead zone. Forget it. You can forget nothing there. You now you find out what you mean when they show you that map that the United States is entirely pink, with a Nebraska-sized <laughs> hole right in the middle of it for T-Mobile. It's like that's Jeez. that's a very specific border you guys have drawn there. 
Uh, and last but not least, they're still not playing baseball. Well, if they're major league players, they're still not practicing and playing baseball yeah, in Arizona and Florida. But, and they got the minor league guys that are up there getting going, but no major league. Is there any any progress? Are we going to get a season starting in a month? Major League Baseball announced on Friday that spring training games would be delayed until at least March 5th because of the ongoing work stoppage. But the league did announce a return to talks with the MLB Players Association starting today with plans to meet every day this week in Yay. person. Today marks day 82 of the lockout as ball clubs should have been in the full swing of camp right now and gearing up for games later this week. Now the focus is on addressing core economic issues like arbitration and revenue sharing to get a new collective bargaining agreement in place before February 28th as to not impact opening day on March 31st, according to MLB. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. All right, you got you got a little while longer not to cancel opening day. You got about a week and a half. Get this done. Meet every day. I'd like you to figure that out, folks. Be nice. All right, six. Then I don't have to sit and think about galaxies, and I can instead just zone out and watch baseball instead, instead of yes. having Caleb contemplating life's biggest, you know, spiritual and uh, cosmic issues hey, all at once. No one else in the history of the world has ever put this much thought into it. I promise you. <laughs> six fifty-five. Well, you can explain it to everyone then. You listen to LNK like I just did on the sound off. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I have here. no idea. At least I'm honest. <laughs> LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Brittany Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 659 LNK Today with Jack and Friends. It is 10 minutes away. The reveal of the Munch Madness 13 bracket. You selected the field on Friday. We spent the weekend seeding and regionalizing them. Yeah, we have geographical regions again. And it's brought to you by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. So we will reveal the Munch Madness bracket, and it will be posted immediately thereafter on social media for you to print out, make your predictions, check off the places that you're going to go to in the coming days and weeks, and uh, see who thinks going to win Munch Madness 13. So stay tuned for that. 30 degrees in the capital city. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. For me, KLIN. Well, you heard it on Friday. The Munch Madness Selection Show. It was taken to a level it has never been its 13th year into this local restaurant tournament. This year brought to you by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. We got response like we never have. We had a live finish for the last teams <laughs> in. I sounded like I was calling the Kentucky Derby at the thing, according to some of our listeners. And it was a lot of fun. And it's a little different every year. It is a little different every year. There are some surprises. So much fun. As to who's not in, not in and um, maybe some, some surprises as to who's in. It won't be perfect for everyone, but it's a snapshot of mm-hmm. of uh, who listened on Friday and who contributed on Friday, and that's that's kind of what this is. So it's our second year of doing a field of 64 Correct. across the city, not doing a specific theme other than just going local. We did put up the geographic border of Lancaster County, right. uh, but... How many were different this year compared to last By year? By my count, I believe it was, I think it was 20, and then somebody told me I had one that was in, so maybe it's either 19 or 20 that out of the 64. So about a third of the yeah, field. Yeah, you're still is, looking about a third of the field turned over. About a third of the field, of the field turned over and, and changed. And, and yeah, and, and so this is going to be posted out here in just a bit. We're going to go through it, and I know that nobody is going to find it perfect. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a snapshot, and we'd encourage you. 
as part of this, no matter what the seating is, no matter what the, the bracket is, no matter who made it, who didn't, go to these places, support them, let us know. Let us know what you liked and had. Let us know if you discovered someplace you didn't know about. This is kind of rising tide lifts all ships with this thing, and we want to support our, our local restaurants. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of talk about the up. seating. There always is. Yes. But remember... A six seed won last year. Yes, the seeding is not determinative of the outcome, and it never has been. Just a quick explainer: we picked the field. <laughs> we picked the field on Friday. That was set. Sixty-four of them were set. We announced you those words. We spent the weekend. A lot of emails. A lot of maps were taken out, and we seeded them, uh, divided them by four geographically. This year, we have a northwest, a southwest, a northeast, and a southeast region. Different from last year when we did northeast, west, south. Mm-hmm. So that's the number number one change. And then um, I, with with the help from my colleagues, but mostly me, I seeded them, and this is what the seeding is based off of, perceived strength in the community. Mm-hmm. It is not based on my own personal rating of these places. It is based on, I think primarily I would say, and there's some subjectivity in this, but it's based on name recognition, okay? It is based on longevity, and it is based on success in these brackets that we've had in the past. And it's based, and there's some level of how, how much we hear about these places during Selection Friday. And so if you do well in all four of those, you're going to be higher up. If you do well in three of the four of them, you're going to be higher up. If you, you just got in for the first time this year and I'm hearing about you, or most of our listeners are hearing about you for the first time, you're going to be a lower seat. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean you shouldn't win. And it also, frankly... The David versus Goliath thing is part of what makes this fun. Yes. So that I just want to say about the seedings, and we can get on to the bracket. Caleb, where shall we start with well, the bracket? Well, let's start out before we go into the regions. We got to give our four one seeds. The four one seeds. Okay. So we're going to start in the northwest bracket, and we did pretty good ge- geographically with this. Now, keep in mind, some of these restaurants have multiple locations, and so we're able to be a little flexible. But we're going to start in the northwest region. So, shout out Air Park, shout out Fallbrook, shout out portions of downtown Lincoln, shout out the Lincoln Northwest Falcons. Go purple. <laughs> Your number one seed, Laszlo's Brewery and Grill. Laszlo's one seed. Now to the Southwest, the number one seed in the Southwest. Shout out South Point. Shout out Silverhawks. Shout out other places in Southwest. <laughs> I was Lincoln. like, well, how far are you going to go And again, with this? shout out parts of downtown. Your reigning champion, the number one seed in the Southwest. They're kind of Southwest. They're south and they're south of O. Muchachos is your number one seed in the Southwest. In the Northeast. By, by the way, uh, Laszlo's was a uh, final fork. Final in the fourth, final last four year, Muchachos won the whole thing yes. last year. In the Northeast, shout out Havelock, shout out Rocket. Once a rocket, always a rocket. Shout out Cornhusker Highway. I don't know what. Your number one <laughs> seed, former Munch, Mad, Ma, uh, Munch Madness champion, Misty's. Get the prime rib and get it medium rare, you cowards. And then to the Southeast, shout out to the Knights. Shout out to Southeast Lancaster County. Shout out Standing Bear, number one seed. Momo, Pizzeria, and Restaurante last year made it to the... Final Fork. Final Fork. Those are your one seeds. So out of these one seeds, 
Three of them made the final fork. Misty's took a second round upset to Engine House. Previous winner, though, yes. of the entire tournament. And obviously, Sergio Onesies, Lazlos, Muchachos, Misty's, and Momo. All right, should we go through the uh, the entire bracket now? Yeah, let's look at the Northwest. Let's start up there, which is our top left. I, I like how when you put these regions, right. they are looking at the bracket. Yes. Specifically where we they are did by that their on direction. purpose. So the Northwest will face the Southwest. The Northeast will face the, the Southeast. It would just be like a map. These matchups will be held at the Air Park Rec Center. <laughs> Laszlo's will take on an Italian restaurant, Via Amore. Looking for the upset. They are the 16 seed. Winner of that will take on the winner of the 8-9 matchup, Mr. Huiz versus Big Red Restaurant. Both restaurants with a couple of locations. We went with Northwest. For them, the five seed, you always got to watch out for the 5-12 matchups. The five seed from the Haymarket is Lead Bellies. Mm-hmm. They will take on new downtown restaurant, Rosie's. They are the 12 seed. Staying downtown with the four seed in the net, next matchup, Vincenzo's. And they will take on an upstart on Selection Friday, yes. who apparently is staying alive, staying in business in Lincoln. And this might give them a little bit of a boost. A taste of Louisiana. Italian versus Louisiana. The 6-11 matchup in the Northwest bracket. Shout out Fallbrook. Toast. They're coming in against Bonwich Cafe. Went on a run to the final fork in our World Foods bracket back four years ago or so. Number three, a Northwest Lincoln staple. Longtime restaurant. Second oldest restaurant, I believe, in the city of Lincoln. Virginia's Traveler's Cafe. Ooh, but they've got kind of a similar opponent with the number 14 seed. And I believe the second time they've made the field, Shoemaker's Restaurant. Coming off the interstate. A lot of truckers like that place. Then your 7-10 in the Northwest. The last team in the field gets the 7 seed. It's kind of like that last at-large team to some degree. That is Yaya's there in the Northwest, downtown Lincoln. And they'll take on the one of the OG food trucks in town that's been around for a while. Hail ya. Yaya's versus Hale, your 710, your 215 in the Northwest is going to be the oven versus place I hadn't really heard of before Selection Friday, but I've heard a lot of about since. Out of Malcolm, the Genoa Food Company. Yeah. All right. Ooh, boy. You got to keep moving on. Southwest bracket, your number one seed, as we said, Muchachos. Cheese Steak Grill made a push, and they always make a push on Selection Friday. They are the 16 seed, but they are in. They will take on the defending champ, your 8 seed, longtime Highway 2 staple. Will they eventually be moving out to the South Beltway? I don't know about that. Highway Diner, and they are going to take on another late-night favorite. This is the battle of 2 a.m. George's Gourmet <laughs> Grill, 8 versus 9. That couldn't have matched up better. And then a fried chicken showdown in 5 versus 12. We've got Lee's Chicken, oldest restaurant in the LNK. They're heading to South Point to take on Mary Ellen's, who has got the best fried chicken. The four seed is Piedmont Bistro, and they will take on another South Point restaurant, Hacienda Real. That's the four and the 13. The six seed, a little pie, pizza from Paisano's. Number six seed, 11 seed is Sultan's Kite. Your three seed in the Southwest is Billy's Restaurant. They will take on, my exemption, Goldenrod Pastries. Ah, Nodder from the gals versus the gals at Goldenrod is a <laughs> matchup filled with personality. I'll tell you that one yes. without a doubt. The seventh seed is Nine South Char Grill. They will take on Tina's Cafe in an incredible first round matchup mm-hmm. there. And your final matchup in the Southwest, 
two is your Green Gateau, the Green Gateau. They will take on Daffodil. Now moving up to the northeast. Number one seed, as I said before, Misty's. Considering it the Havelock Misties, they will take on Havelock Neighbor. You could throw a rock at each other, standing outside the front door. Boxcar Barbecue, the newcomer to Havelock versus the oldcomer to Havelock in the 116 matchup. We do recommend not throwing rocks at each other. Do not throw rocks in Havelock or anywhere in the city of Lincoln. Number eight, Fat Jack's Barbecue will take on La Paloma. Again, neighbors. Number five seed, previous Munch Madness champion, HF Crave, had a good run last year. They'll take on Kenny Larrabee's exemption, Taco in, Taco in in the field. Controversy there? They got a 12 seed. They got some name recognition. Four seed is Tico's Restaurant. They've been a while, but it's a battle of tacos as they take on Super Taco in the Northeast, the sixth seed in the Northeast. La Paz got a lot of support on Friday. They'll take on Cook's Cafe. Then the three-seed of the Northeast is the Isles Pub and Pizza, another Havelock, and then they'll take on newcomer to the field and show it out on Friday, Soulful Cocina. Could be an upset alert there, Isles. Showed out Friday, showed out Saturday, yep. showed out Saturday. They were still texting us We're still us getting all texts overnight <laughs> from them. Seven, number seven is the Engine House Cafe, previous Munch Badness Chomp. In year one, they take on another newcomer, Casa Bovina, first time in the field. Two-seed is Honest Abe's. And we got burgers versus dogs because they're taking on fly dogs. Yes, I know fly dogs is on O Street. It's not really Northeast Lincoln, but close, close enough. Last region. Southeast region. Number one seed, as we said overall, in the Southeast is Momo Pizzeria and Restaurante. Big run last year. They take on another newcomer that a lot of us weren't aware of until Friday. Norm's on 48th Street. It's a gas station, but they serve food there, and we got some good reviews about people who tried them out for the first time. Oh, that's a rough draw for Norm's. That is, is, or is it a rough draw for Momo? Uh Uh-oh. Eight seat Stoffer's Cafe and Pie Shop. They will take on the Eatery. I love that matchup. Sometimes the matchups just work out, and that one works. Number five, well, we got a, it's just how it worked out. A couple of Lancaster County venues. Number five, the Denton Daily Double. They'll take on the 12 seed, the Hallam Steakhouse. We will have a non-Lincoln restaurant In the into second the round. second round, and they'll take on the winner of Cactus Cantina. They are the four seed versus another newcomer into the field, BG's Best and another gas station restaurant there over by Village Gardens. Number six seed, the Press Box, and they're going to take on Chopsticks Chinese Cuisine out of Clock Tower. Number three seed in the Southeast Fireworks. They'll take on something that's only been open a number of weeks in Vic's Pizza. Vic's Pizza gets in. Lazari's does not. Some of the other pizza places did it. Big South, former champion, didn't get in. But Vic's Pizza made it. Seven seed, Penelope's Lil Cafe. And they were the little engine that could last year, Caleb. <laughs> and they've got chrome insects in front of their restaurant. Well, we'll see. What can Art and Soul do to stop them? That's the matchup. Penelope's versus Art and Soul. And then your final matchup in the Southeast and final matchup of the entire bracket. Two seed, Venue. will take on, coming out of Hickman, the Metal Grill. So there it is. I'm excited for this. This is, uh, is it up already, or will it be up in seconds? Um, it will be up on the website here in just a few minutes. It is on the on the old Twitter sphere, at LNK Today. Each of the regions individually, as well as the full 
bracket, but they will be on the KLIN.com website. You can get a printable bracket on the website. You can take a look at a graphical one that looks better on a computer screen. There are check boxes by the restaurants if you want to try them out. Coach John says, the eatery versus Stoffer's Pie Shop, this is a leave your dentures at home matchup. <laughs> they don't hand out peppermints. They hand out the pins when you leave. Get there at 4.15 because that's peak dinner time. And you might see Mojo Haggy. <laughs> All right. Oh, just immediately as as you look at this, obviously you've got your four one seeds. Yep. Um, you've got your defending champion am- among them with Muchachos, Momo taking on the newcomer with Norms. That feels a little bit dangerous because we got some really good uh, reviews from Norms. A taste of Louisiana feels like a really good dark horse. The way they showed yeah. up on Friday, I, Vincenzo's gets longevity and gets name recognition, but. Sometimes the newcomers have a little bit oomph behind, yes. more oomph behind them in the in the voting, and then could they be a threat to Laszlo's if they come out of there? And if Muchachos is to repeat, who is their biggest challenger? You look down the bracket in the Southwest, you got Lee's Chicken there, you've got uh, Piedmont Bistro in that one, Paisanos, Billy, Nine South Char Grill, Green Gateau. I mean, that's a that's a pretty stacked region how's about, in the Southwest. How's about this uh, this region of four here in the Northeast, where you've got HF Crave and then your three taco places of Taco Antico's Restaurant and Super Taco. And then you also have La Paloma above them in the one in the Misty's Boxcar <laughs> Barbecue Fat Jack's La Paloma uh, matchup. That top right hand side of your bracket <laughs> that is chock full of amazing matchups. We're going to give you two weeks before we start the voting to try these places out. Okay. Yes. Try these places out, let the restaurants get the word out, and we have a special announcement tomorrow about what we're calling kind of a miscongeniality. That <laughs> sounds fun. Thing. There's going to be another winner that is uh, that is separate, and I don't want to confuse things, but think of it as miscongeniality in this whole thing, and we're going to do some good along with it with the United Way of Lincoln, Lancaster awesome. County. We will tell you about the details with a uh, guest joining us at 810 tomorrow. So there you go. Get those brackets. Get KLIN.com. Get Twitter. Get to Facebook. Get those things printed out. Get the office pool going. Go out to eat. Have some fun. Don't gamble. That's illegal. 725 on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. KLIN. Yeah, the seed critiques are rolling in. It took five minutes (laughs) before social media is telling me that I don't know how to seed the bracket contest I created 13 years ago. I believe one of the quotes says... This bracket is meaningless. I cannot respect it. (laughs) Fortunately, I have prepared a multi-tweet response in advance. (laughs) I know, Mark, far be it from me to have a multi-tweet response. (laughs) I remember one that went about 20. Uh, So... So what seems to be the big complaint? That uh, the, uh, the the idea that I am over. I explained the seeding at the outset of this thing. Yep. as I always you did. Do. Oh, you always that do. I uh, that I did not seed based on quality, based on perceived strength.
Right. Which has always been the way that I've done it. It's how, always how I do it. It's how we set up interesting matchups. I'm not going to be the arbiter of quality. That's in the eye of the beholder. And to some degree, perceived strength is, but it's a little. there's a little bit more objectivity, objectivity in that with name recognition. And I was going to make this number one on a thing, so we can get back to it here in a second. All right. But... Let's get to our morning drive. <laughs> and who knew that of all of the things on this morning drive, yeah, that much madness is going to be the most controversial. <laughs> Number five. North Platte State Senator Mike Groney said Friday he's going to resign this week, leave politics, avoid putting his family through a public ordeal. A report uh, from, actually, it, this whole started about three weeks ago, but the report came out Friday that one of his staffers filed a complaint. She discovered some photos of her on his state computer, and he allegedly had emailed them with some less than flattering comments to other people. I guess I'll put it that way. Some call it inappropriate. Uh, so he basically going to pack it in and uh, go back to North Platte. Yeah, uh, no, no Regents race um, anymore. That was just a few days old. His candidacy for University of Nebraska Regent, he will no longer be in the legislature. We don't know a ton. I mean, we know a little bit about the the allegations. He kind of initially uh, denied some of it, but he did admit that he was taking pictures without knowledge. He denied that they were sexual in nature in any any say. The the woman who uh, basically uh, who had, who had filed this report said that there were also captions on them that were sexual in nature. I haven't seen the pictures. I don't I don't know or the nor am I asking to um, exactly what happened there, but he's made the decision to step down. There have since been um, requests from state senators for you know the attorney general's office to get into this. It came from Megan. Take Hunt. a look at it. Yep, and there's you know they're they're looking into whether or not they're going to do anything else on this. But I mean, regardless, you know we've had a couple of instances of kind of similar alleged behavior in the legislature over course of, you know, what, the, been five years that a, a controversy like this has come up about a legislative member and yeah. eventually ended in them leaving the body. And of course, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, talking about what happened with former state Senator Bill Kintner. Um, you know, what else do you say? Is this a, it's a bad look in the bad look for the legislature? It's hard to, uh, you know, if, if what she says is is true and i don't and based on him he resigning sounds like they may be quibbling about some of the details about what happened but i don't know is it it feels like it's obvious that you can't do this it should it should no. be obvious that you, should, that you can't do it. and it's it, if 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 her description of it is is the case it it's kind of it's kind of weird it's not it's not okay well, and you right? don't, and you don't do it on a state computer. Well, yeah, yeah. And then you don't give it to the staffer. I mean, if you're if you're doing something like this, you don't hand her the computer and let her do work on it. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, if you want I mean, to get away with it, I if guess. If you want to get away it with it, 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 no, it it shouldn't shouldn't happen. And who were, and who was all of it sent to? That's a good yeah, question. Who, who received it? That's a what, that's a good question. How who long was it, was it going to? on? When did they get it? Before it all came out. Right. There's a lot of background into all of this still. Yeah, and and uh, you know one of Groney's comment, I believe, to the Nebraska Examiner was, well, you know, and I'm paraphrasing it to some degree, but saying well, she's kind of a, a straight laced person, and it, it was kind of a denial at the beginning, but then it was saying, hey, I guess in this day and age, you need to, you can't take pictures of people without asking them. 
yeah, which I don't think is it is necessarily the crux of the problem here. No, but that's uh, it. Kind of depends. I mean, it it kind of depends on what the context is, right? Yes, I mean, in 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 a short, yeah, that's very true. But and and even the pictures may not have been a problem if it hadn't been the captions. Right. That's what I'm it, again. It's hard to fully pass some sort of a judgment here on exactly what happened without knowing more detail no, than we have right now. But I, I there think, must have been a little something there. I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very. It was very quick. He did talk to the governor. I guess the governor called him, and they uh, and he said, "Yeah, it's probably a good thing you're resigning." Is is, is he in the last? Let's see. Now yeah, he's in it, the last. This is his last he, he year. He would have been term limited out, big, and that's why he was. Does running somebody for, else take that seat for the remainder of the the session now? At this point, or what happens I, going forward? Wouldn't that be a governor? Governor? Yeah, appointee? governor normally would have would appoint someone like this, but you've got. I mean, I guess there's a month and a half left, right? Something like that, yeah. Legislative count. Well, if Tim Hur is on at 810, he can probably fill in yep. some of the blanks about the pr- procedure going forward after uh, after this. But, yeah, Groney's been a, you know, for, for better or worse, he has no. been a newsmaker in the Nebraska legislature. Frankly, it, 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 and in the absence of Ernie Chambers, he's probably been the most talked about state legislator, just in terms of comments that... Got people's dander up for one for one reason or the other. He was very good at that. Yeah, very plain spoken, very uh, passionate about what he believed, and he never hesitated. Yeah. And we know if he is hiring a lawyer, he is not looking to the University of Nebraska College of Law to do that. Hillsdale, not Hillsdale, will get him. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That's not. Well, you know, <laughs> am I still bitter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Number four. Nebraska Family Alliance has their petition drive to uh, challenge the fairness ordinance for the city. They're, they were out uh, over the weekend, saw several of them. Uh, 260 people, more than 260, of uh, volunteers circulating petitions around the city. Uh, the training was completed last week by NFA. Um, and uh, also the Lancaster County Republican Party held a training session for them as well. They've got to collect 4,137 signatures. I did a little quick math on my calculator. And with 260 petitioner uh, circulators, they need to get 16 signatures each. Over two weeks. By the 28th. Or, or now one week. Yep, by the now 28th. At this point. So uh, that fairness ordinance, at that point, it would be put on hold. And the city could either rescind it or put it on the ballot. I I assume they're going to get the signatures. I assume you're going to have a special election for this thing. Um, we'll see about that. You know, I, I I will say what is interesting about this is it, it, in seeing some of the the literature. I would guess that's out there right now from the NFA. They are really focusing on the on the bathroom issue part of yes. this, less so than the employment. Housing, housing portions yeah. of this and and the bathroom issue specifically obviously as it pertains to the definition of gender um, and gender including, identity including gender identity as well and, and, um, and it, doesn't that also kind of spill into locker room situations too bathrooms locker rooms although it's not maybe but one of one of the things that's got to be clarified by everyone on this thing because a big push of this is going to be and has been about the freedom or lack of lack thereof of of churches to be bound by some of this as it pertains to restrooms as it it pertains to rental space to the extent that there is gray area on that which 
I think the NFA is saying, hey, churches could be bound by some of these things that you're not going to want to be bound by. And there's language in there in the actual law that I think some of it makes clear that the church isn't bound. I think some of it is more of a more of a bit of a gray area. But generally, generally, in the jurisprudence about public accommodations law, churches are are exempt from that. And there's nothing that specifically puts them in when it comes to this. And so, yeah, it's a potential, I guess, lawsuit down the road if this were brought up. But this is the battleground. This is the battleground where this is being discussed in the public square right now. That portion of what's in this uh, amendment, essentially, this change of Chapter 11, which is among other things. Title 11. Title 11, excuse me, Title 11. And so that's... You know, I, I, honestly, it would do some good if we had some more conversation about what the ramifications of that truly were and how they fit into to this whole thing. All right. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Number My seedings were not that bad. You just don't understand them. Sorry. <laughs> Nebraska Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach Chuck Love was suspended over the weekend. Statement said it was uh, a personnel matter suspended with uh, pay. Uh, no additional comment. Same day, a player removed from the roster. Ashley Scoggin removed and is no longer listed. So, big news Saturday, women's basketball. And as is the case when something like this happens, everyone wants to try and figure out exactly what happened. And as of now, right now, university is treating this as, at least as it pertains to love, as a personnel matter where they're not going to get into that. Amy Williams was asked, as you reported, Caleb last night, about if there's related. She wasn't going, if the, they, the two things are related, she wasn't going to get into that at that point. And she, she said she can't. She yes. said she can't talk right. about that right now. Yeah. Um, so that, that to me says there's obviously internal reviews going on with whatever the incident or multiple incidents were, um, whether they're related or not. We should find out should from the folks that I've talked to uh, more on the coaching situation later this week Um, but as it stands with the team going forward you will not have your top three point shooter team still made uh, what 10 of 18 or whatever made a bunch of three pointers yesterday rolled Minnesota by 23 they got two games left in the regular season yeah it didn't whatever but it does honestly though that Penn State game was weird and I, I had heard them mention Scoggin wasn't playing. I didn't really think much of it. Yeah. In a COVID era, who knows? Yeah, we're just used At to players point. missing games. But they, something was off in that game, and now it makes a little bit more sense. Well, there's a, there's a little bit of an adjustment. What Scoggin does is she is, when you take a shot, especially for a team that takes as many threes as Nebraska does, and they shoot it pretty well, Scoggin's been the safety valve. She's been right. the player who gets back. Right. And she was not... She was not there to do that against Penn State, so there was that 90-second run where the Lions just really went boom, 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 took over the game, and it was like, well, okay, now we have to adjust who's going to be back there. Now you've had a couple days to figure that out. You only had one day of prep to even get out there to Penn State. Now you've got a little bit more time. You've got right. Wisconsin on Wednesday, a couple but more days of rest. It was a fast-moving situation. At that, I, yes. I don't. I, it had to be because yes. they were on the trip, right? Mm-hmm. Which again leads to all you know, all kinds of speculation, which we're not going to do at this point. Don't you have to have a little empathy for Trev uh, Alberts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's Nine a months. lot of man. Baseball one and three. Come on, please, please. <sighs> Sam Houston State might be pretty good though. Yeah, that's that's the other side. Thanks to the text for Jim, who mentions to me that Andy Gibb is not a BG. Thank you very. <laughs> 
germane to the conversation that we're having right now. I appreciate you reminding me that. I had multiple people in my own family and friends group mention that to me this weekend as well. So again, my thanks to all of you for continuing to help me remind which Gibbs were and weren't Bee Gees. Number two. U.S. and Russian presidents have tentatively agreed to meet in a last-ditch diplomatic effort to stave off Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. That's what was written a couple of hours ago, but the Kremlin is saying uh, not necessarily so. The uh, Fox News just reported that the Kremlin is saying they have not agreed to meet entirely. Okay. They've got to get a few more I's dotted and T's crossed, but they may meet a little later this week in Europe. There are 50 ifs in front of this thing. And, and this came out of a phone call that uh, French President Emmanuel Macron I had with both Putin and then later with Biden. So Biden says they're not going to do it. Uh, they're only going to do it if they don't if they don't invade. Well, I mean, aren't we going to kind of have a pretty good idea about that in the next 48 hours, one would think? I don't know. I, you keep hearing that it's imminent. You hear that, they, you know, there's shelling going on, but it's a separatist against yep. the, the uh, Ukrainian army. And so, and so who knows? And, and now, at first they had agreed in principle. Now, perhaps they haven't if they don't invade. I mean... If this thing is moving like they say it is moving, then this doesn't seem like a possibility at all. Because you had, and, and I'm not casting, I don't, I don't know what's true and what's not, but I do know that the White House has been, and, and the State Department has been pretty clear that they think this is imminent. And in, additional, in addition to other NATO members as well. And so if that's true, how you can be sort of planning this this sort of potential meeting between the two of them. I don't know. When do they say they would do this? Uh, one of the days was Thursday. It was going to be Thursday somewhere in okay. Europe. Oh. If that happens, this is going to be... There's going to be a, about as many eyes on a meeting of foreign leaders as there have been in a about long, like, long time. Not like the meeting of Reagan and uh, what's his name? Gorbachev? Gorbachev in Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. That's right. When Reagan walked out. Oh, all right. So that was super fun. Yeah. All right. Let's finish this out. Number one. 16 days, 109 events. 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics ended. Closing ceremony yesterday, U.S. finished with 25 medals, 8 gold, 10 silver, 7 bronze. I guess they had some bitterly cold wind chills on a cross-country uh, <laughs> final. That's surprising to hear. I uh, figured it would be yeah, nice. Yeah, for, for some of those, those yeah, cross-country skiing, the marathon, basically, stuff that they have on, on snow, there is ice on people's faces. Oh, God. And that isn't the only thing that was frozen. Uh, the, the story's there at the end. You can click on it and see Uh-oh. if you... The, uh, See if you want to. Oh my goodness! A, a Finnish oh. skier suffered a frozen area that you don't want to have frozen. Yep. What? Was that a cross country skier? Yes. Oh god. Uh, you know what would have hey. prevented that? Layers. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, was that the most depressing Olympics of all time in every possible way? It was so depressing. From, obviously, well, the political situation. There with, was a super weird China, drama with the, the ice skating? The Russia thing hanging over it. The Russian ice skating thing and just the all of the weirdness of that. And then watching these young Russian girls cry by themselves for minutes and minutes on end. To the, the uh, Michaela Schifrin stuff. And her just, just yeah. seeing her after her dad passed away. And just 
have a rough Olympics and see her emotionally work through it. Men's on live curling TV come up short when they've got so many more eyeballs on them. Empty stadiums, COVID. I mean, oh, oh, and, this is the. I, uh, well, I probably shouldn't say that after 1972, but this was is. This is a not a good Olympics. And NBC paid seven point seven five billion and had less than half the projection. It was it, it was the worst Olympics of my lifetime. Keep in mind, I was born in ninety. I still enjoyed the heck out of them because we had live we had live sports we, when we I, came I, in every morning. I did enjoy the curling team. Shout out, dude with the long hair on the U.S. curling team, Matt Hamilton. He was awesome. Sad that they lost to the Brits, though. That was tough, too. Another depressing thing. They, US. they had to get one eventually on us, right? Yeah, I guess Speaking so. of the Brits. The, the Brits were due. One and one. <laughs> Speaking of the Brits, did you hear Even the, it to 500. Did you hear the Queen has COVID? Yes. Yeah. No, actually, we got, we're got we still up 2-1. Oh, what am I forgetting? 18-12. Oh, thank you. 2-1. Still a game over 500 versus the Brits. I hope the Queen's fine. I hope the Queen's fine. It sounds like she's pretty determined. Kayla mentioned this earlier. They said she's still doing light work and getting light medical treatment. Like, what is heavy work for the queen at this point? She's 95. Light, she, light uh, heavy work would be just keeping Charles do you out th- of the do you think she's get, Do you think she's getting her own tea normally? I mean, come on. Ooh, who knows? She's got a Keurig now. <laughs> she's actually dusting all of the fans. Give me a ladder. She pops in the little... Pops in the little pod and gets one of those Ted Lasso cookies out. <laughs> no, I hope she is. Uh, I hope she'll be okay. Whenever you're 95, obviously, right? Yeah. With sure. however this this strain has been, it's a health concern. So I wish her the best. Seven seven fifty six on KLIN. You're listening live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at Forty Fourth and O Morning Radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine. Well, it was a very controversial weekend of news, and of course I'm talking about the much madness seatings. Tim Haruza, good morning. How are you doing? What do you think I did wrong on the bracket? Please let me know. <laughs> no, no. I think you did it absolutely right. You think right. it's perfect, really? Yeah, yeah No, absolutely. I don't think that. No, it was, it's 100%. There's nothing that could well, be done Here's the better. most important question. Is Muchachos going to repeat? Is Muchachos Here's the... Th- this re- is the... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I, it's going to be hard not to, right? Here's Do, the thing. Uh, th- Here's are the they going to feel guilty at some point po- for I, continuing to Popularity is, is such a driver of this, and that's where I think, you know, social media misses the mark, right? Uh, Who's going to put up a fight? Somebody's going to put up a people, fight. People you really know. love muchachos right now. It's going to be very, it's going to be that, that, that group is doing um, everything right in terms of branding in terms of having a conversation about their restaurant mm, like so watch, hot wait, right watch, they are they're so watch like hot. virginia's <laughs> travelers cafe or lee so or right lee's now. hire like a social media intern who's 19 years old <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna be like we're gonna muchachoize lee's to win much madness <laughs> hire an, up, an up-and-coming oh, ul tiktoker so dangerous when lee's chicken has a tiktok account then we know they're in it to win it right Right? You know, Lee's hit the paper not too long ago for the stolen chicken thing. They brought the thing. chicken back. They're back. 
Uh, yes. I keep Let's saying. Let's get some t-shirts. Let's I keep that. saying that place is about to hit its stride. Yeah. yeah it, but, on the verge. They just. I need still, a Lee's TikTok so bad. Lee's chicken. Get a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the things you could do with the chicken alone with the TikTok. I just want a t-shirt with like a busted up chicken laying on the ground on a parking lot. Right. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> that, returned that's, after uh, being having been stolen. I love, I love Virginia's Travelers Cafe is, is hiring influencers to try and <laughs> try and bump up their Munch Madness population. Well, anyway. Uh, I think this is going to work out 100% perfectly. The way things have started already, this is going to be a fun contest. I, I, I knew I was going to get the critiques. I was ready for them. and um, <laughs> I will say, Vic's Pizza at 14 is surprising. That is, a, that is like an up-and-coming star, right? I've heard they're nothing low, but they're, good they're things. Ranked, I haven't had it yet. They're seated low. Be, well, they're seated low. They probably could have been seated lower just because they're so new. Because they're new, yeah. Yeah, it's based on perceived Power name recognition, but if you're talking about if you're talking about something that's hot right now, hot, that's true. It's so it's hot right now, up to fourteen. That's right? the perfect um, seat for them. The the social media move, the Vix Pizza push, right? Listen, your your one seat. I see multiple social well, media posts a week. Well, the thing the thing about where Wait. the seeds are, a fourteen in one region is not the equivalent of a fourteen in another region. You're one through sixteen <laughs> within your geographic region. You know, yes. So some people look at it and they're like, yeah. "Oh, this this is a number four. But, well, they're not even a top four in the city. It's like that's not how it the fourteens are. Kind of the place, the new hot place, though, because you got the new hot because you've got Vic's Pizza, you got Soulful Cocina. Uh, you got Goldenrod Pastries, and then new hot legend Shoemaker's Restaurant, obviously. I feel like North with West a lot 48. of this, we're explaining the way brackets work to non-sports people. <laughs> so they don't understand seedings to begin with. Okay, maybe we should talk about the real news. Maybe we should talk about the real news. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to, to get in and, and speculate about anything that you don't know. But the news of the weekend in the legislature, obviously, Mike Groney stepping down. After these accusations were leveled, let's talk about practical impact of that. Number one, does he get replaced? Do you think um, for the remainder of this session, he would have been term limited out after this session? Because that obviously makes a lot of difference in vote counts. Yeah. So I'm I, look, we're tomorrow is what day 29 or 30 or is that it? we're we're hitting pretty close to the halfway point. Right. Um, actually, tomorrow might be day 30. It's the the priority designation deadlines this week. So senators are picking their priority bills. Tons of them have been, been named. I don't know. There's still a dozen or so prior personal priorities that haven't been named. Um, but we're hitting the halfway point and you're now a, you know, solid conservative vote short with him. Uh, my the, the speaker Hilger sent out an email yesterday um, to senators that kind of explained where things are. Uh, Senator Groney submitted a letter of resignation yesterday. It's effective, I believe, as of midnight tonight. So they'll they're on recess today uh, for the holiday. They will uh, reconvene tomorrow morning um, with 48 state senators instead of 49. Uh, speaker Hilger's email to the body says that the governor will appoint somebody so okay. expect that to happen I, I i have heard some speculation i don't i've not heard a name i don't know whether that's going to happen heck i mean with the the resignation effective t tonight at midnight or whatever the governor could appoint somebody first thing tomorrow morning and that person could 
They yeah, could be, it could they be, could be sworn in. I, who knows? I mean, yeah, we're in, we're in the middle of a filibuster right now on a bill, um, but it's 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 an important bill, right? Uh, it's one of the governor's priorities. It's um, the revenue committee's one of their two priority bills in one of the largest income tax cuts this state's seen ever, as far as I understand. Uh, wow. I mean, you're gonna cut you're gonna cut income taxes across the board. So we're in the middle of um, a massive policy debate. Yeah, you're in the middle of an eight hour filibuster on whether or not we ought to cut those income taxes. Well, the state's got you know 400 million plus in excess revenue plus tons of money going into um from enough from a ton of other things too right. so uh in the lake money I, I, I get it you you look at vote counts and you look at those sort of things on filibuster bills and it gets super tight right we've had six i think seven filibusters i think we're in our seventh filibuster of the session already um a couple of them have advanced or have been overcome a bunch of them have not this is a big one, and you get you get one of those votes. I understand Senator Groney had committed to voting for the income tax cuts, um, so he was probably is included in that vote count. I don't know how things are going to break in terms of you know whether some Democrats that are up for reelection this year more you know in an election year it's really hard to vote against tax cuts, right? Um, so who knows how that how how that comes out? But I, I expect the governor. To move pretty quickly in appointing somebody uh, to help make up that vote. Because here's the deal, Jack. This is just the first one, right? Income taxes are on the board on the day 30 or day 31, whatever it's going to be, on general file first round. We got a whole bunch of other stuff right? It's going to come but, down to a filibuster. Uh, but but my assumption is if the governor nominates somebody, it's going to be someone who's going to vote fairly similarly to the way Grony would. So maybe there's not it'll all be that a, much impact. It'll be a very conservative person that gets appointed to that seat. Um, interesting hitch, and you and I kind of talked about this in the break too. But one of the outstanding questions is what happens to Senator Groney's bills? Right, he's a state senator who introduced a handful of pieces of legislation at the beginning of the year. We're pat. You can't introduce new bills, and if if he introduced them, who gets to sponsor it? The big one that, that kind of hit the papers. I still remember the front page of the Journal Star. Grony introduces medical marijuana. I thought I was having the weirdest dream ever. Uh, I really did. That that bill is that bill is sitting out there. It is being worked on right now, and now it's kind of without a sponsor. So um, the speaker wow. says there's a process in his letter. I think senators have maybe till tomorrow to decide if they want to pick it up and and carry it right claim it as their own sort of a thing but otherwise after that it it goes away well, so what if, what if hold on a second what if the historically pro legalized medical marijuana senators one of them or two of them decide to pick that could they pick that one cuz they're at odds with this thing right they <laughs> I, I, I really I mean if you had on your bingo scorecard a year ago, medical marijuana was about to pass but didn't because Senator Groney resigned from the legislature, you win already. You don't even have to get the line, the entire line. That's you, all you want. You are a fortune you, 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 Bingo. Magic. <laughs> because uh, that is a sentence I did not ever expect to say. I mean, was there? A, I, I thought the thought was that thing was, was kind of a, you know, I, I think opponents would have called it a poison pill. I think initially, uh, I mean, in its introduced version, um, it it didn't look super, super exciting to a lot of people. I've heard, I have not been directly involved in the bill. Um, I heard as recently as Friday that Senator Groney was working on amendments with people, that he was texting folks and, you know, sharing amended language and talking about provisions. Um, I believe that, that there are some other state senators, some pro-marijuana state senators who have been working with him. 
uh, on some potential changes to that legislation. I, like I said, I don't know whether it had, whether it was actually going to go. I think he was very serious about it. Um, Senator Groney had not identified a, a personal priority bill yet, right? And that deadline's on Tuesday. I mean, there was speculation, if not a good chance, that he was going to prioritize me- that medical marijuana piece um, and kind of keep working on it and see if he couldn't get it to a place to pass. But who knows where that goes now? I have, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Big question. Let's go back to the income tax thing because this is probably more practically impactful to everyone listening than almost anything else we could talk about. How sig- uh, how significant could this be um, practically for people who are listening? In terms right of now? if it, it yeah, it's just just in terms of a cut uh, historically what we've seen in the past um, or or where things have been with the income tax. Rates I mean, it, it cuts income tax tax rates across the board, uh, lowers lowers the rates um, in a pretty significant way for all different all the different tax brackets and tax levels um, the the Chamber of Commerce has bought into it pretty strong as a way to provide broad tax relief right so if you look at kind of look at the way people pay taxes um, income taxes are one of those things that most people don't think about right if you are if you are an employee your income taxes are just withheld and then we get to this point at the end of the year where we file that tax return and most most people I think get some sort of refund or you're hoping to get some sort of refund if if you're you're not you're not playing or, or paying too much attention to it on a regular basis. Right. I'm not somebody who pay, I don't pay attention to my income tax. I'm not going to lie. I'm not somebody who pays attention to that. Right. I I I have the withholdings taken out of my check at the end of the year. I sit here and I cross my fingers that that it's uh the it's money back one, not paid well, the in or whatever. One is always more impactful. Right. It, it absolutely always is. And then even on that state one, right? It's it's just a lower amount and it's not terribly significant. Right. Um, this is a discussion that's had on a regular basis because of the way Nebraska ranks. So if you look at some of these tax rankings or you look at how we how we sit nationally, our tax our income tax rates are are fairly high and they jump up pretty quickly. So your highest tax bracket kicks in at a pretty low income level, uh, which doesn't bode well when you're comparing us to what other states do. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, switching gears a little bit, city city stuff. Family Alliance, I assume, is going to get these signa- 4,000 signatures is gettable, right, in two weeks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they had yeah, it yesterday. Right. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Uh, so this is going to a special special election then, right? City's not going to pull it back. They're not going to do what Beitler did 10 years ago, are they? I mean, this is oh, going no. to a special election. I don't, I don't think you proceed forward with this. I don't think that you put it on. I don't think that you have the conversation. The mayor doesn't go testify on it unless right. you're they- unless you're ready to have this this vote. Uh, so it's it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot this question, but did, did that was something I don't know there seems to be sort of a there's this conversation about what happened 10 years ago and whether or not the city was in its rights to be able to do what they did once the petition drive happened and then they had passed it but didn't go forward with it and that whole thing and I honestly, I've had people ask me the question, do you have any insight into that? If not, that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I've heard the same conversation about it that you have. I, was, I wasn't I was in Lincoln at the time when that thing came up, right? So I was practicing law out in Grand Island. The The best I've gotten from stories is that the maybe the city attorney just advised that, hey, if you just sit on your hands, well, no one knows what happened, right? Because they were it's afraid not, of it getting voted down it's, and yeah, how that would look. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. If it doesn't go into effect... I mean, what's the harm? You know, there's no harm done necessarily. I mean, I think that's the argument. Um, I whether or not somebody could have filed an action or like a mandamus action to like force them to place it on a ballot, who knows? Uh, there's always a possibility of that, but it didn't happen. And and I th- we're going to do it. We're going to do it now. Um, I'm sure they got four thousand signatures yesterday. The number of churches that have been involved is. 
Uh, I know I saw you tweeting about things on Windows. I saw pictures this weekend on social media of literal stands and lines in churches at, at front desks where you could get in line to sign this and I thing. I think there were some churches who were found out they were participating unwittingly in this as well. But that's, you know, that's a little bit of a different story. So church and, and politics, but, right? But let's the, be honest. The I mean, of, but on the other hand, life. if you look at how Lincoln <laughs> has voted in recent elections, is there any reason you believe that? I mean, I don't know. It and who knows? Predicting elections is a is a dangerous game. But uh, it's hard for me to look at how Lincoln has voted in recent elections the last five years and say, yeah, this thing is going to get overturned by the voters. What I don't know, Jack. So, I mean, if, if we're just strictly talking about partisan politics, I do. I mean, I think if you assume that Democrats support this and Republicans oppose it, yeah, I, I don't think that the... Here's the deal, too. It's kind of a confusing question, I think, because the question on the ballot is going to be stop the... Like, should they should they stop yeah. the should city council stop? from is enacting yes the ordinance? Keep right? it or a no. So yeah. I think there's going to be some confusion over that, which is always a little mm-hmm. bit difficult, but I assume both sides are going to be um, armed with their money and their ammunition and messages. I don't. I don't know that this issue breaks on partisan lines, and the messaging will matter. And I just, I just think there's a lot of questions. You know, I, I think you mentioned it earlier. A lot of the stuff's focused on bathroom things. Yeah, ninety percent of the discussion is about bathrooms. The national conversation about this has been about sports and athletics, yeah. right? Um, boys competing with girls, girls competing with boys. How? Whether that plays into the discussion eventually as this thing starts to ramp up, um, I, I don't know. I just, I do not know. I just, I, I, without seeing numbers, without seeing this thing go to a vote, I have no idea. I'll how tell it you breaks. what, the city could have written, the, the authors of the bill could have written this in a way that would left less gray area with the church stuff and just exempted them completely. And they'd have a whole lot better time right now. And I, and you, because the, the, the housing stuff, the employment stuff is not as big of a flashpoint as what churches have to do. Could have been written in a way that you could have avoided a lot of this. Keep the culture wars out of it as much as you can. That's my th- thought. Thanks, it's only Jim. just begun, Jack. All right. Well, sorry about the bracket. Say <laughs> twenty six. Thank you. Thank you for apologizing. Say twenty six on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. 837 it's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Now, Caleb and I, I probably shouldn't even mention this um, because it's not an actual thing yet, but we're pushing management to make it a thing that uh, in August... Uh, Caleb and I want to have some kind of a, I don't know what the word is. Exorcism isn't the right word. I don't want to, you know, involve the the occult in this at all, but kind of a, uh, a get all the superstitions out of the way to end whatever curse is going on. Huskerism? Right the, uh, maybe that's that's what it is in August, late August. And, and so we can spend the summer figuring out what all of those things that we need to do might be. And then it dawns on me. I believe I've been talking to Dirk Chatlin regularly on this show since about 2016. And so, Dirk, I don't know. I don't, maybe, you know, just cutting you, firing you is going to be a part of all of the things we're going to have to try in August. Well, I was just going to say, uh, this, this sounds like a great idea, but it won't take very long for people to figure out that, that Dirk Chatlin getting fired is one of the highest points on the list. <laughs> So, uh, well, I, listen, add, add Dirk to the burn barrel. There's going to be a lot of difficult things we do. In Ted Lasso, they burned all these things they love. And I don't know if I would say I love you, but I enjoy talking to you. But sometimes you got to sacrifice those things 
for the good of uh, for the common good, for the greater good. So I'm just putting you on notice right now as I start to investigate the things we can do to reverse whatever's happened. You're probably going to come up in it. Okay. Well, if, if you can get Frank Solich to burn his play sheet with the third and thirteen short side option, uh, by I the think way, we need to start there. If you don't think I'm not calling Frank Solich and asking him to appear at this, <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> Yeah, you are dead wrong. He will get he will get an invite. I tend to doubt he will accept it, but he is absolutely going to get a an invite to the burn barrel exorcism celebration reverse the curse situation. Jack, so. let me let me be clear when I say this. You've had so many terrible ideas over the years. Thank you. I mean, just just horrible ideas. Take it as a compliment. This one, this one might actually be good. <laughs> You go and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Now we have Dirk's stamp of approval on, on this whole thing. Caleb and I actually, we went to our marketing uh, director, Maria, who was on the show here, like, hey, this is going to sound weird, but could we plan an event in August where we burn things? We did like, get some looks. <laughs> would we need a permit for that? How would that work exactly? I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. But anyway, uh, listeners, stay yeah. on notice. We're going to keep pushing the more, for this. The, the more I think about this, the more I fear that I am going to be involved. My first year <laughs> my first year covering the program was, was 2002. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. My very first road trip was the uh, was the Penn State game of 2002, when uh, Richie Incognito got in a fight and uh, Nebraska basically got ambushed uh, at Happy Valley in a in a in an environment that people still talk about for how horrible it was. Now, uh, what a 20 years for Dirk. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Jeez, 2002 Happy Valley. Oh my gosh, that was. Uh, I thought that was the low point there. <laughs> That, that was the first. That was the first low point. I thought that was the low point. Well, we won't do anything illegal, but if you would allow us to get like a Dirk Chatlin fathead and burn it in effigy, we would appreciate that. I think that'd be a nice gesture by you. There was a great sign on College Game Day. I think two or three years. Whenever the last time it was in Nebraska, some some guy was holding up a sign that said Dirk Chatlin is fake news. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I was standing. I was standing right by that guy. Wait, I remember. No, wait, 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 what you meant to say was I was standing right under it. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I was holding that thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my favorite. My favorite part of that sign is my name was spelled wrong. I know. Which was just perfect. I took a picture. I have a picture of that in on my uh, on my phone back there. If you ever want, if you ever want that for the, for the I have, photo I have album. A pi- I have a picture of me okay. making that sign if you want it for your photo album. <laughs> well, anyway, on that note, baseball team went one and three, and there's a, uh, it's a coach leaving and a player leaving women's basketball, So, um, and a whole bunch of speculation around it. So as soon as I thought this was the weekend we turned things around, <sighs> and, and it just it, it locks in. The need for the the need for everything. So I mean, I don't even I, I don't even know. I, I will say this, Dirk. I went to the women's game yesterday. Good crowd. The team looked like they were uh, looked like they were no worse for the wear for for everything. So uh, anyway, that's good. I'm trying to find the positive things in uh, my sports life right now. That's it. That's all. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot. I mean, Nebraska picked up a, an offensive line commit last night. I mean, that's that's something. Oh. Uh, and it's it's you know. It's- a son of a former son of a son of a former player that makes us feel old because we remember when his dad played. So uh, was this uh, who was this who was this Noonan? Uh, no, Sam Sledge. Sam. Oh, 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 Bob Sledge's son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So there's there's that, you know, because recruiting, Jack, obviously, never fails us. Uh, yeah, right. Obviously, I'm dialed into recruiting because that always cures what ails me is following, yes, recruiting, getting recruiting fired up about never, recruiting. Recruiting never does us wrong in the end. I mean, it's, it's always reliable. Hey. Uh, so there's that. There, hey, and there's also the fact that we can take we can take joy in the fact that Michigan has an absolute disaster yes. on its hand today. Yeah, the, the only sad thing is that Wisconsin looks like the good guy, and there's no program in all of the Big Ten that I want less to look like the Big Ten, in the Big Ten than Wisconsin yeah. men's basketball. So that it makes me a, a little a, a little torn about this, but let me ask you this, well, okay? Well, first, was it peak Davison in all of the videos just saying, we gotta go sing Varsity, just so they could run by the Michigan guys again. <laughs> we gotta go sing Varsity. I, I mean, the honestly, fans need it. Him, uh, uh, the, him falling over when a, uh, a blow was landed five feet away from him would have been perfect for, for the entire thing and then asking for a charge. But, 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 but by the way, and I know this joke has been made a million times, and I tweeted it out and I know I was up, but, but how about Michigan getting mad when someone and Juwan Howard, no, no less, getting mad when someone took a timeout when there was too much pressure and they actually had one left to take. Yeah. Oh. yeah. No. The uh, okay. Fab Five Finger hey. Death Punch. Okay, I want to ask both of you then, Caleb and Dirk, your opinion. Is it a jerk move? You can't hit anybody. Okay, but is it a jerk move? Is there? Does Juwan Howard have a right to be ticked off when you're you're down by 20, you are pressing, you've got someone trapped, and they call a timeout with what whatever it was, five seconds left? In the game, Caleb, no. you play, let me ask you first, Caleb, you play basketball. What do you think? <laughs> Jerk move or no, or it's fine? It's so soft. Is it? It's so soft. Who, like, by who? By Jawan Howard. Okay. You're, so That's you don't triple play. ply soft, all right? All right. All right. Dirk, you agree? Jack, a, a big part of this is, well, there's, there's a couple critical components of this, just from a coach's softness perspective. Uh, and, and, and I think most important is the fact that that Wisconsin had stubbed out its starters. So, you know, they had basically gone. And when you do that, you know, you're basically telling the other coach, we're done, we're done playing hard. Uh, you know, the press and all that stuff, you know, cut it out because, because the game is functionally over. So I think the fact that Michigan was pressing Wisconsin subs, their walk-ons, uh, was, was actually, you know, gave Wisconsin reason to be upset in the first place. So, uh, I think that the fact that guard called timeout so his subs wouldn't, you know, commit three turnovers to end the game uh, was was just fine. And uh, I think Howard was actually the one who instigated it because of that. And the timeout, you know, was was uh, was a very minor thing in context. Uh, and and I just think I get so tired, so tired of all these little things at the end of games that you can and can't do now. Uh, like if the shot clock is. Uh, you know, you don't take a shot and, and you got guys that are holding the ball now to have a shot clock violation for fear of, of taking a shot in the last 30 seconds of a game because it might it might anger the other team. And it's like, play the stinking 40 minutes, you know, just play, just play all 40 minutes. And, um, and if you've ever been a, a backup in a basketball game or the parent of a backup in a basketball game, you get those three minutes that you don't get all of the time. That's why we call them the bomb squad. You go out there and you chuck. <laughs> yeah. All right. E- exactly. Yeah. I was at a youth game yesterday and like, you know, my son, had, there's seven guys on the team. I mean, it's not like my son wasn't playing, but the, the coach wanted him to hold the ball the last 30 seconds. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> they're, they're in sixth grade, you know, shoot the ball. He may have prevented uh, a brawl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I thought I thought Jawan was 
you know, it's been a long year for him. I think he's he had a long day. I'm sure he was upset. But he very clearly took a very minor thing and uh, and was bitter about it. And then, of course, Greg Gard, he said something to Greg Gard. And, uh, and Greg Gard, you know, kind of put a hand in his chest, which... May may not have been the smartest move when the when the opposing coach is six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah. But. yeah, I know who I'm taking in that fight, by the way. Are you surprised that because as far as I know, Caleb, have I missed anything? There hasn't been any action announced by Michigan or the Big Ten yet, has there? Well, the the Big Ten is reviewing the incident. Okay. That, that's all they've. Said. We've all seen it a million times. I, what I, is there I, to review? Right. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I, what do you like? I don't know, Dirk. What do you? He can't. He's not coaching in the regular season again, right? Or am I overstating this? No, I think they got. I think they've got to keep him out the rest of the season. Um, I don't know if they'll go quite that far. They're not going to fire him because you know he's been successful and he's an alum and. Um, you know, I think under different under other circumstances where he was struggling, um, you know, I I definitely heard the joke yesterday that what can what what can Greg Gard do to get Fred Hoiberg to throw a punch in two weeks? Um, but, but, uh, take a lot more. But, I'm going to guess, <laughs> but no, I think that, I think that, uh, Howard's been successful enough that he'll, he'll likely keep his job. But, but like you guys just said, I don't know how you can coach the rest of the regular season after that. I mean, he essentially, it wasn't a punch. Okay. But he essentially threw a punch, uh, at an opposing coach. I mean, you'd think that would rank pretty high on the suspension list. Again, it was the rare slap into a fist after you've pulled away. <laughs> I saw a headline what, calling it the Madison punch slap. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it was a slap. It was a slap post punch, is what I would. He call. was it's, trying to steal a soul through the man's face. Again, open handed. Still, the best comparison is when your grandpa used to come up to you and pinch your <laughs> nose with his index and middle finger, and then stick his thumb in between and be like, "I got your nose." What? Which your thumb doesn't even look like a nose. I never got that. What is the reaction if Jawan Howard does that in the moment? Does that de-escalate the situation? <laughs> Maybe. What was the suspension for that? Hey, go ahead, Dirk. I was just gonna say, I think it's sort of how basketball players fight, right? It's like you know these big tough guys that uh, somehow are very, very awkward throwing punches, and we've seen it over and over again. Hey. I think he, I think he learned that in the NBA. Now, yeah, but he's got a four foot reach. Like it didn't matter how many guys were between. <laughs> exactly, he could, he could reach over them all. Okay, now listen. If you want to find a silver lining in this whole thing, which I am looking for. Michigan now good if they uh, lose out without a coach, and obviously this is going to impact them. They could drop down to that 13 seed, <laughs> 13 seed in Indianapolis. Dirk presenting an opportunity for a magical run in Indy for Hoiberg and the boys putting it together. Jack's not- always Jack's <laughs> always thinking about what it has to do with Wednesday night in Indianapolis. <laughs> not it's going to be like a 9 p.m. tip. Right? There's going to be about 300 people there. I know because I was in Chicago for the Nebraska Rutgers game on the late tip a few years back. Not a real busy crowd. Uh, Ron Harper was sitting a little ways from me because his son still played then eight years ago. Waited all Uh, season for Wednesday night in Indy. (laughs) Have they they, uh, officially named that Nebraska night uh, at the Big Ten tournament yet? (laughs) Wow! <laughs> hey, it started a, it started a run back there in Chicago, a magical run. It was also uh, the last game uh, played in the Big Ten tournament uh, two years that's ago. Right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. It, the Brant Banks, Noah Vedral, Fred Hoiberg getting sick game. Yep. <laughs> Jeez.
Jeez, memories are made. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for absolute sure. Um, hey, Dirk, let me let me ask you this: uh, what what you think on? I know everybody is saying, Jack, you got to talk more Major League Baseball on this show, um, and so. I'm curious, if this thing delays the start of the regular season, are we looking at 1994-type disengagement with the game? Or is it already disengaged with enough generationally that that impact isn't going to be so profound? I don't know. It's a good question. I think, um, you know, my, my sense is that is that people's attachment to their local baseball team or their favorite baseball team, whoever that is, is has remained fairly strong. Yeah. Um, the it's it's the connection to national baseball that i think has has suffered terribly over the last 10 or 20 years and i my sense is that the uh that the local attachment will will probably endure this even if it you know even if there's a month or two delay to the season um i think it's it really hurts the national connection though i think you know, it's sort of like how people like their congressmen but hate Congress. Uh, that's, <laughs> Good point. That's sort of, I think that's what it's going to be with baseball. Low approval like, oh, ratings, but the guy or gal gets elected at eighty-five percent every time in the yeah. district. Yeah, I still, I, I think you're still going to like the Royals. I think people are still going to like their Cubs, but I think they're going to be what? even more disgusted with the Yankees and Red Sox, and 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 really the owners more than anybody else. And and, and well, and I was just going to say, Dirk, and really, that's how you know, lockout or no, that's how the game has changed because. I've become a different type of baseball fan because all of my team's games are on TV, although it's now getting harder and harder to see them. But starting in about 2003, 2004, that started, and that made me a bigger baseball fa- baseball fan now than I was in 1994. I was a kind of a casual national fan at that point, but that fan barely exists anymore, I don't think, the way we all were. Well, then. I think you're right, and, and there's several reasons for it. Um, you know, one is there's just – there's not as much time to follow it. Um, two, I think the it's just been it's been harder to find those national stars um, in the way that they existed back then. So yeah, you're right. It's it's I think in in the absence of of connecting to the whole, people have sort of said, okay, what can I follow? Mm-hmm. And they follow their one team. And like I said, I think that will probably endure through this. Right, uh, but there really is. I mean, this is not good timing for baseball. I mean, with, with all the stuff going on in the world, and uh, I think people would would uh, would take a particular disgust in uh, yeah. in any sense of greed right now. And and uh, there's certainly a lot of that going on. Yeah, there is. There's no doubt about that. My only thing is, if they're going to sit here and squabble about all these things, bring some fan reps to the table to renegotiate whatever garbage is going on with their TV and blackout rules because way to hamstring your sport. That's part of the reason yeah. your sport is is in in I mean that the the a lockout may put it over the top but that's already done the groundwork and it's idiotic. I don't I mean yeah. I do not understand it. People would people would legitimately pay Dirk whatever the subscription is fee 100 150 200 bucks right to to get through mlb.com uh whatever and they can't they are not allowed to it's mm. insane it's yeah hey you you told me you were going to ask me about this elam ending thing and we haven't got to it yet and if we don't get to it i'm going to feel upset all day well so do you, can we argue about this yet? i watched the i watched the end of the nba all-star game and i never overreact to anything but i think that uh all basketball games should now be decided on the elam ending where you have a set point that you have to get to before the game ends like kind of like when you play in your driveway to 21 agree disagree yeah i just 
I, I actually agree with you. I think that uh, if you were starting from scratch, that's absolutely how you would design the rules. The, the problem now is you've got 100 years of history that's sort of standing in the way. But I, I think it's odd that people look at this as sort of a revolutionary thing, considering it's how everybody played in the <laughs> right. first 10 years of their life. We right? didn't have it's clocks. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, unless you were taking the kitchen timer out there and putting it on the back of the van, uh, you know, you were playing to a set number and, and uh, it, it adds, it adds an element of, of sort of culmination to a game when you, when you uh, are, are targeting a number as opposed to the end of a clock. So, uh, I thought the NBA All-Star game was great last night because of it, uh, and I think uh, I- I'd like to see it used more and more. I think it's, you know, the, it, the only time it's bad, Jack, is when it ends on a free throw. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, but there's a lot of a lot of basketball games that end with, with crappy last minutes of the game, right. too. So. Throw it in the holiday tournaments for basketball. Throw it in one of those preseason NBA tournaments. See how it goes there and go from there. By the way, if we're bringing back rules from our childhood, Ghost Runners on base in baseball. Put it in the negotiations. Got to have it. Yeah, and I, and I think Jawan Howard would be less likely to punch somebody at <laughs> yeah. the end of a deal on so. That's true. Thank you, Dirk. Have a good one. All right. Dirk Chatlin, Omaha World Herald, 856-KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1,499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1,499.3 KLIN. Ooh, the, uh, the Everclear music reminds me Request Line Friday will be back this week. We probably better go general again this week. We were a little theme-oriented recently. Just open it uh, way we'll up. Open it, open it back up. Uh, Much Madness bracket is up at KLIN.com. Looking at it right now. Brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. Got a couple of weeks to check out the restaurants. Try the ones that you haven't. Do your checklists on the side there. Print it out. Put it up in the office. Put it up on the fridge. Go out to eat. Support these restaurants. Voting will begin March 2nd. Tomorrow at 810, we have another announcement about Munch Madness. We're hoping we can do some good for the community, even beyond bringing people out to the restaurants and patronizing them. We will tell you about that tomorrow at 810 with a special guest. It is 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.